Summertime's over. Season 3, Episode 1, Bearded CarCast. I am Mike Pacheco. He is Dave Freeman, and we're glad you're back with us for another exciting adventure on the Bearded CarCast. Did you spend most of the summer wondering, will we be back? Not really. I, mean, I knew we were going to at some point. We kind of did abruptly just kind of peace out. Um, and I think it was just, there was a lot of stuff going on. Nights was starting to kick up. I know you had a lot of stuff going on. I think, honestly, we just decided we didn't want to do it for a while. We, well, we took the summer off. Right. And uh, now we're back. We're ready, to, we're ready to rock and roll. What was the uh, what was the summer like for you? Well, you turned 50, so I now work well, that was a podcast yesterday, yeah. with an old man. Yeah, or, that so, was, yeah. so there's that. Yeah, there is that. I mean, you know, should we rename the podcast the, you know, the old guy and the young whippersnapper? <laughs> You've still got more hair than I do. Excuse me, I'm getting B-roll. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even good B-roll at that. No, yeah, it, uh, 50 is weird for me. It, it's uh, I've always felt it's the the threshold into uh, into old manness, but I don't feel old. You know, I'm still uh, I'm still on the Orange Theory Fitness train. Uh, You've doing that a while now. Yeah, since uh, middle of February. I still think it's diet. If you want to stay in good shape, don't eat poorly. I, well, that's that's a huge part of it. Uh, you do, you still have to exercise. Now, you, now it depends on what your goals are, right? So, if you want to, if you want to just feel good and lose weight, absolutely cut out uh, cut out the diet. I mean, we know uh, Frank Kay, who uh, works for the uh, Charlotte Bowl Commission, what do they call that now? Um, he had a health scare. He had a, he actually had a heart attack or a stroke, a stroke, and uh, he went on a diet. He lost like seventy five pounds or something if like that. All you eat is apples. Yeah. It is hard to gain weight. Walk the dog once or twice a day. Eat apples. Beautiful. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. And 10 right? apples a day yeah. just really does an unbelievable amount for you. Yeah. So you know this past weekend, Labor Day weekend, is the North Carolina Apple Festival in Hendersonville. Right. And I'm bringing this up at the beginning of season three for a distinct reason. I talked to several friends colleagues and listeners of the bearded car cast by the way here in season three we're where we ended season two i've still got a beard you haven't had a beard <laughs> for for months. months it almost feels like a year at this point has it been a year no i did uh, it's been about 10 months 10 months so it's a bearded car cast. There's still only one beard but i, I talked to fans of the car cast and essentially what i heard is more apple talk, less everything else. Fascination with apples, not so much really? with the rest of our garbage. Really? Okay. Right. So, All right. Apple Festival. Now, is that just people from Hendersonville? <laughs> like, what well, was the sample a, size? That is a key demographic. That's the sample for us. size. So, uh, the Apple Festival takes place Labor Day weekend in Hendersonville. That's right. Western North Carolina. Normally a very big weekend, kind of a circle, the calendar weekend for me. But um, this year we didn't go. What? We did not go because in July yeah. I got a call from my friends at Creaseman Farms <laughs> in Hendersonville. Awesome. We had had a discussion the previous year about the Gravenstein apple, yeah. an apple native to Northern California where I grew up. And I was told that the Gravenstein apple really has to come off the trees now, late July. It's not going to wait until the festival. It's not going to wait until late August. If you want them, you got to get them yeah. now. So you got like an emergency call to come out. Got an emergency call. So yeah. we pilgrimaged to <laughs> Hendersonville. We got a bushel yeah. of the— You got like the, 300 of them, didn't you? I got a bushel of the, the 
delicious, crispy, ripe Gravenstein apples and our favorite apples, the Swiss gourmet apples. We added some Sansa apples. Mike spoke mm. in my class today at Winthrop. We talked about gnat sound mm-hmm. and you eating an apple during the podcast. I mean, that, that's NPR quality right that's there. That's very NPR quality that's, right there. That's, so, so we got the Santa apples, and we, we, I think we ended up with about 240 apples. We got them earlier than normal, and they are just tremendous. They, just, Delicious. they make my life better. They do make life better, and they're tasty. That's a, the, an apple and a quarter that I've just right, and consumed. Like, for me to eat an apple and a quarter or two apples oh, in that's a five-minute like, span, yeah, that's, nothing. That, that's nothing. I mean, I will eat five or ten apples a day, yeah. but for you to do it, you had the entire apple, and now you're digging into another one. Love it. It's good I stuff. believe between that and orange theory, you're going to live to 150. Well, I mean, I do look better. If I do say so myself. I mean, I, I think you've got another 100 to go. I think I got I got at least another 45, 50. I, I mean, think another I think. 100. You think another 100? I think you're yeah. going to 150. Well, I think you're going to call Winthrop basketball games for 100 years of your wow. life. <laughs> How old were you when you started? About 30, 38, yeah, 37? I like, yeah, it was, it was like 30, like 50 years ago. Right, right? so yeah. like at 135, yeah. you're going to be in your 100th yeah. year calling Winthrop basketball. Game. Well, that'll make it 101 for you, I think, right? <laughs> that is going to be really special. Yeah, or you'll be 101. I don't know. I'm going to die yeah. at like 78. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. That's not good talk. So what else happened this summer? What else? I mean, we saw each other kind of sporadically. We didn't really see each other as much as we normally do. Well. Did see a little bit at nights, but. We we went to Scandinavia. Oh, yeah. How was Have that? you ever been to Scandinavia? I've, uh, no, Gigi has. Yeah, Scandinavia is wonderful. We had a, a Did you great bring me back trip. a Volvo? Um, no, we we went to Denmark and we went to Sweden and it, it is very affluent and very friendly. My wife, how's the food? Food is excellent, a little pricey, but excellent. Now is it like uh, is it like Central Europe or is it like borschti and like uh, you know like um, heavy gravies and stuff like that? I would say some of each. I think there's a lot of modern cuisine, yeah. but there there is some of that traditional. Um, food as well but uh you know my indifference they didn't have grits though no grits you know my indifference to people like (laughs) by and large like i have a small core group of people that i like to talk to a small core group of people that i respect and everyone else can we put that on your gravestone yeah here here lies dave freeman he had an indifference to people maybe even an aversion (laughs) to people My, my, my dog and i have the same feel like my wife says to me from time to time, you like dogs. Yes. And I said, no, Some I dogs. like this dog. Yeah. And I said, which is interesting because this dog, the one that lives with me, she doesn't like other dogs no, either. No, she doesn't. She's very And she doesn't dogs, love yeah. people and I don't yeah. love I think she has people. an aversion to dogs. Yeah, she yeah. has an aversion to dogs. Yeah. I have an aversion to dogs and, and to people. people. Yeah. But Nicole signed us up when we went to... Denmark for a program, a very interesting program called Meet the Danes. So the first night we were there. And you thought University of Albany, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was wondering how they run their out of bounds plays. I thought, hold on, do they back screen there? Or right, do they back cut or how do they? <laughs> but um, the program, you pay uh, a nominal amount of money and you essentially book reservations to eat a meal at somebody's home. Really? So it would be, it's almost like a it's tourism like an Airbnb for food. type thing. It would almost be like someone that had never spent any time in the Southeast 
And there's zero chance that you would actually host that at your house. Right. <laughs> there's that's absolutely true. But but like you could sign up. Like my yeah. wife is really nice. I'm yes, not she is. that nice. That's true. Like Wonderful. but like you could imagine her being like, Oh, they've never been in this area before. Yeah. Let's have them over for a three course yeah. meal and we'll talk and yeah. we'll learn about their culture. And I'd be like, Honey, the Chargers are yeah, playing the Browns yeah. and tonight. And then I got the West Coast at one nah, that's just not gonna work. <laughs> Bill for me. Walton and Pasheron, yeah. let's just be quiet. Quiet for two hours yeah. and let them narrate our lives. But we, we had this program and we had a wonderful meal yeah. and kind of learned about this woman and her friend's background and they had very, very different backgrounds. We, we enjoyed ourselves so much. We ended up going to a museum with them really? a couple days later yeah. and kind of being shown around right. town. And yeah. it was fascinating to talk about. Are they coming for Winthrop Homecoming? She supposedly is coming uh, <laughs> next year in the summer. I don't think she's going to be here for Homecoming, yeah. but but I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Is she going to stay at your place for the RNC? Well, I... <laughs> Dave's got this great pad uptown. Dave and Nicole have a great spot uptown in Charlotte, which is downtown Charlotte. But here, the natives call it uptown Charlotte. So the uh, the dog's gotten bigger. Karma. Ka- uh, faith. Faith. Faith has overtaken karma. Wow. Yes. To the extent where... For those that are new to the podcast, yes. a reminder, there were no dogs within a thousand mile radius good enough for Mike and Sam and John. They had to get on an airplane to get a dog. But, no, but let me tell, well, it's funny you say that because I was telling this story actually last night. My good friend uh, Stormy Born Anthony is going out to work for the uh, Golden Knights. That's how you say her last name? Yeah. Wow. Born Anthony, yeah. I would not have yeah. gotten there. Yeah, so she's going to be the, the uh, rinkside reporter for the... Anyway, so... Uh, so for people that know me for a long time, we had Maddie for a long time. And Maddie was actually kind of like an older soul in a dog, which is Dave's perfect type of dog. When I well, met you didn't Maddie, like Maddie at first. Maddie had she a was lot still, of energy. Yes. Then yeah. your son was born. Yes. And all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, it just took all that energy away. Right. Yeah. So then, uh, so she passed away last July. And uh, three years ago, we got Karma. Uh, we didn't name either dog. They already had come pre-named. Uh, and uh, Karma was a rescue. So Karma's a little more... Uh, High energy at times, but when you come, uh, I mean, she's great with uh, strangers and stuff like that. Like as far as like keeping people away from the house, she has a nice bark. And but uh, once you're like, she knows you, she'll just like, all right, whatever, peace out, and she'll like sneak out underneath something and hide and get away from you. Uh, so we had uh, Karma by herself for almost uh, I don't know six months, seven months, and then we got the itch to get another dog, and we wanted a, a full bred husky this time. I don't know why, but we did. Uh, what do you say we? Sam, Sam and I and John, we all, we all kind of factored in this decision. So one of Sam's co-workers, uh, Sheila, uh, uh, kind of, I don't know, part-time breeds, or she, every now and then we'll, she'll, she'll breed uh, these huskies that she has. She has a, used to have a bunch of huskies. I got my dog in Fort Mill, South I know you Carolina. did. I know Not you did. Far well, we got, we got, well, well Matt, Maddie we got here, and we got Karma and Troutman. So, yeah, no big deal. So uh, so anyway, but Sheila uh, works in the same company that Sam does, and she's based out of New Hampshire. So uh, we started seeing pictures of these puppies, and Sam was hooked, and we were kind of like, all right, we got to do this. So we uh, we went one way. We have a bunch of miles, airline miles stored up. So we went one way to New Hampshire, got a car, stopped by my sister's house, drove to Connecticut, saw my brother, and then came back home. But the funny part of the story is we are. this was in the middle, literally middle of February, and we were flying up. We were a little bit, uh, the flight was a little bit delayed, but we get into Logan at like, I don't know, 1030. And uh, I've known Sean McDonough forever. Uh, we've been friends since, I don't know, probably 1995 when I was doing the Red Sox job. And I'm walking up the gangway, come through, and there's Sean. He's like, Mike. I'm like, Sean, what's going on? Hey, you remember Sam? Yeah, hey, Sam. How's it going? Good to see you again. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, what are you doing here? 
said, well, funny story. You know, we had this dog, and uh, she died. Now we're getting another dog. So we're, we're, going to, we're driving up to New Hampshire, and, uh, just north of Concord, and we're going, to, uh, we're going to get a dog. And Sean's like, what, they don't have dogs in North Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> With that look of, like, you're an effing idiot. <laughs> Which there might be some truth to. No, but she's uh, she's a great dog. It's been uh, Faith's been Faith's been great. They've been getting along together. We we really didn't do much this summer. Basically, it was like driving John around. Uh, he did a couple of football camps. He's he's been big into football, playing at Holy Trinity, and that, that's going well. He played baseball. That they made a great run in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I've been just kind of like working nights and being dad and helping him with his football stuff. And we went. We did go to we did our annual Hilton Head trip. That was a blast. Always fun going down to Hilton Head. But didn't um, the one thing we didn't really do this summer. Um, no real great like cuisine hunts. Uh, we did for John's birthday. Uh, he's become uh, pretty enamored with Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. I'm more of a Morton's guy. Uh, I just like the fact that your son has the taste of eighty year old Bob Ryan. Yeah, but he's an old. But you got he's an he's an only child. So and Sam's an only child and Gigi's an only child. So it's like it's it's like you do what you do. You know. Now if we had four kids, no, there's no way we're taking him to Ruth's Chris. I mean, lucky if he goes. So to, is it like Tuesday night? Oh, I don't know what we should have. No, 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 no. Special occasions, Dave. Special occasions. So that was uh, so his birthday was a uh, special occasion. We did that, and we are uh, taping. The Bearded Carcast today from yes. the media room yes. at the Winthrop Coliseum in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And it is a special occasion yes. when you were joined on the podcast by a... Um, like an old-style popcorn popping machine. And by old school, well, It has the mean, wheels and it's got the red... What year do you think it was... Like, this one? Do you think it is older or younger than me? Oh, no, it's definitely younger than you. But, it, well, no, here's the thing. It... Manufacturer wise, it's a lot younger than you, but it, it look, has the look that it's old. It, it looks like it was something made in the 30s. But uh, just j- based on my eye and all the times I've seen Antique Roadshow, I'm going to guess it's probably built in like 93, 94, somewhere around there. <laughs> <laughs> American you know, Pickers, uh, uh, what, love watching that show. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you $15 for it. When you come to a media room, and, and this is kind of our home away from home, we spend a lot of time at Winthrop. Mike spoke in I my spoke at the class today, journalism yeah. class. That was today. actually the best class I've spoken to of yours. Should they get extra the most in, Yes, I would give them all uh, an A for today. I'll give them each. except for the I won't name any names, but there were one or two that may not have been as, as interested as the rest of the class. I will give them each extra credit yeah. if they show up to class on Thursday and say, "I emailed Mike <laughs> because you said that networking was important, yes, I did. and you know I'll just check with you. I'll check with you like a week from now, and I'll say which of those or if any of those students reached out to you, and anyone that reached out to you, I'll give them credit. So for I them. would say of the four, this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've spoken to your class, right? Maybe five, maybe six, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I would say less than a handful have ever reached out. Right. Yeah. But I think that's hard. It is hard. Because like, it's like, it here's this random easy. dude who just showed up. Right. It sounds right. easy. Send someone an email, but then you actually have to be like, I met this person once. They were in my class for an hour. I shook hands. I talked to him for two minutes. What the heck am I supposed to say? Right. But I kind of did the parent parental thing on you in that you went up and you did a nice uh, talk before. He introduced me, and then you, you kind of— Did you like the part where I said you were nice and I wasn't? <laughs> you weren't. I know. I wish I were recording that. But you had—but uh, you were telling them about networking and how important it is, and, and, uh, and then I get up, and I just basically— Echoed what you said, gave my three or four things that I thought of, and I, I was just sitting there thinking, 
it'd be great if like they tuned out to Dave, but then when I was saying it, because you're like the teacher, you're the That's parent. kind of the point yeah. though, is you need to hear different voices right. say similar right. things. Right. No, but it was good. It was fun. It was a uh, good class. I mean, they were really good questions, really engaged. This is the Bearded Carcast. I'm Dave Friedman. That's Mike Pacheco. If you're just joining us, and this is season three, right. episode one, it is a mishmash of our travel experiences when winter basketball I would season prefer begins. A potpourri of sure. <laughs> I mean, when we're on the road with Winthrop, yes. we tape a podcast either going to a game, coming back, and we don't just drive on 85 right. for two or three hours and then get to the arena, we stop and we try to do something cultural, something interesting along the way. We try to have a meal, something native, independent, yes. one of a kind. We talk about those experiences. We talk a little bit about the game, whatever's going on that we are there for, and then kind of what's going on in the wide world of sports. That's it. That's a mishmash of what we do. That's right. We <laughs> we try to a smorgasbord our personality yes which you know i i mean i don't hide from who we are i don't no. think we're hot take artists i think i have a lot of opinions occasionally they're justified sometimes they're entertaining i think you as we all know really wants to get along with people and like people but when you get fiery i get that's fiery a, that's some of our best content so the big story in the news right now is we just had the first week of college yes. football. The NFL season is starting this week. What among everything that's going on kind of gets you excited? What What is taking place now that when you get home or when you look on your phone, you really want to dig into? Well, first and foremost, and it's <clears throat> not original, but uh, you know, obviously I work with the Panthers, Panthers postgame show. Uh, Jim Zoki and I do a podcast, pregame, postgame podcast. So obviously this week being the first week, Panthers is kind of what I'm sinking my teeth in. I grew up in New England. so I Great I, first game. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rams is as good oh, track oh, absolutely. as you're going to Oh, no, absolutely. But, you know, the Panthers do have, you know, the, the, the big question for the Rams is what's their bounce back going to be from a you know, disappointing effort in the Super Bowl? They were horrible. Yeah, they were terrible. It was awful for them. Uh, you know, but the Panthers have uh, plenty of questions to answer on their own. Cam Newton, is he healthy? How's the, the most recent injury, the ankle? How's he going to, uh, you know, how's he doing with that? All, all reports right now, everything we've seen looks good. Everybody's optimistic that he'll be, you know, 100% ready to go on Sunday. Uh, I think what little we saw in the pregame uh, of the preseason, the shoulder from last year, I mean, looked like he was throwing the ball okay. He's been throwing the ball in practice, so hopefully that's – not an issue. They've upgraded, obviously, on the defensive line. You know, they brought in Bruce Irvin. They they went from uh, they're going to be like a modified defense from a traditional four three to a three four four three mix. Gerald McCoy came in from Tampa Bay. I mean, if that's a guy, I mean, that guy could be really interesting, Dave, because uh, he didn't have the best of years last year. Kind of left with a sour taste in his mouth. Uh, the way the, the the situation ended in Tampa Bay, that guy could be a huge force online if he still has you know what he has left in the tank. Panthers, you know, I'm going to say it right now, and it's kind of been the theme the last couple of years. You know, I probably put them in that 9, 10, 11 win mix. Now, granted, 11 is going to be a little ambitious with the Saints. 
but I do think they they have a, the capability of being one of those teams that you didn't see in the playoffs the year before and back in the playoffs this year. It's a team built for the playoffs. I mean, they got Luke Kuechly on defense. Eric Reed is is I think going to be solid in, in the back end of the defense. They brought Trey Boston back offensively. They brought in Chris Hogan from New England. DJ Moore has another year under his belt. Chris Samuel, wide receiver, has been really strong. So. You know, if you're looking for a team that, you know, maybe is just on the front, like I know here people are very excited about the Panthers. Nationally, I bet they're probably... Uh, Vegas over under seven and a half wins yeah. with the heavy money on the over, meaning we're talking seven and a half, eight yeah, right. is kind of the expectation. Yeah, I mean, you know, they start out tough with Los Angeles. They'll have a short week against Tampa Bay, a team they should handle easily. Um, you know, Arizona... A team that they should handle easily, but I think with Bruce well, James Arians w- yeah. becomes yeah. much more interesting. Well, and, you know, what kind of bounce back does Jameis Winston have, right? I mean, I mean he's Arians got the ability to be... a little bit of a quarterback whisperer. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Jameis Winston's a lost cause, but if anyone's got a shot with them... He, Winston's not the most accurate quarterback of all time. Right. He's got a big arm. That is exactly what Bruce Arians likes to do. Well, and he's and, and I think right now you would put uh, you would put him classically in the potential, right? I mean, that's a guy that still has. I'm mean, not. Yeah, he has his flaws, but he, that guy's got a lot of potential. Well, and this is it. I mean, he's in the situation that Ryan Tannehill was in last year with Miami. I think his contract's up after this year, if I'm not mistaken. This is his last shot. He's got Arians. Either he's going to make it this year. Yeah. Or he's going to be a backup in the league yeah. elsewhere next year. Right. Uh, and then collegiately, uh, you know, obviously Clemson, you know, they just rolled over uh, Georgia Tech. I thought the interesting thing uh, last night, you know, Notre Dame last night kind of reminded me of their season last year, right? They were kind of good, not great. Uh, Louisville, I think, with, with uh, Scott Satterfield, uh, the, the former Appalachian State, now head coach. Uh, I think if you're a Louisville fan, uh, you had to be pretty excited. I mean, it was 14 all after a, after a quarter. Then, you know, just to kind of chip away, they had that, that weird sequence where there were three straight fumbles. Um, there was a lot of ugly football the first. So let me ask you this, and this we didn't talk about this, but uh, and I know this might not be an original thought, but I had it last night based on, on that game. After the game, I was thinking, you know, why not you, you keep that one double-A game, but what you do is maybe you make it like a preseason scrimmage. Now, maybe you don't. You don't do like a full, you know, sixty, seventy, eight dollar ticket, but you, you charge something. But that's like a scrimmage; doesn't count against your record. You still pay that team to come in, so you get to work out some of the kinks. You, you get to, you know, maybe see what you got a little bit, and then the, the twelve game schedule is just D one competition, and it's, you know, right at you. So instead of the twelve game season you have now, you I, w- add I, w- I would just add a pre. I would add an exhibition game. I mean, I. I think what people would say is that, well, I think it would be two things. One, they'd ask about revenue because you wouldn't get as much money to play the the preseason scrimmage as you would a regular game, but you're adding a game. Or you could do it like, or you could do it the basketball side where maybe you don't let anybody in. But I think if you charge some money, and maybe it was, you know, maybe just... I think it's player welfare. I think yeah. it's 2019, and it's more hits to the helmet. Yeah, that's fair. That, I mean, th- that would be my guess. I mean, I know your son plays football. I still think it is a very serious debate whether football is safe for human beings. I mean, I think the biggest storyline of the last month, and with all due respect to the NFL starting, and with college football starting, is Andrew Luck. Right. Yeah. I mean... Didn't he essentially... I didn't see that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, but like... That was the Bill Belichick in case... So you don't realize that I'm a complete moron. I, but, but I didn't like, see that. Isn't it... 
interesting that a guy who has accomplished what he has, which is to say, I don't think he ever won a playoff game, but came in with huge hopes and to some degree fulfilled those. I mean, he, he was very good when healthy has said, my brain's in pretty good shape. I'm tired of getting crunched over and over again. I've got lots of money. I'm good. I For me, it was everybody has to make a choice in their lives when, when obviously, especially at critical stages, right? And he'd come to the point where I believe he didn't get married in November, just got married. He's seriously for four straight years, and he's probably been dinged up and banged up for longer than that, right? But, I mean, he's... He's had to come back and rehab. You know, the shoulder thing didn't really go well. I think they misdiagnosed it at first, and then so that took a long time. And then this thing just wasn't getting any better. And I think he just said, you know what? I think Andrew Luck's a different kind of guy to begin with, Dave. And I think he was like, you know what? There's, uh, there's a lot more to my life to live, and I'm going to live it. And, and, you know, I mean, he's fortunate that the, that the Colts, uh, you know, decided to give him most of that money that but is on his the- contract. But here, th- this is the one thing I would say. And I and I hope the skeptic in me popped in the back of my head and said, you know, wouldn't it be convenient if he comes back in a year for the XFL because his father's you know running the XFL? I don't think that's the case. I don't think he's that type of guy, and that would sour me on this move. I agree with that, but I just but I think it's legit. I think I I I just think you know what he he was tired of you know not feeling good. I just wondered though if this is a trend to come that he's got plenty of money. He's played in the league, but for- you just said you just said you hit the key. It's it's all about the money. Twenty years ago, uh, and maybe even longer, if this was his main source of income at a lower percentage of salary, right? So let's say, well, as a quarterback, he's probably always going to make the the high end in the league, right? But let, let's say this is even going back to the '60s and '70s when maybe he's making 150 or 200 grand a year or whatever it was back then. You know, you had they have so much money now that they it gives them that freedom to walk away from it. Whereas, you know, like in the days of players had to, on all sports, baseball had this too, uh, basketball. And it, you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it's seemingly long ago. But when guys actually had to have jobs during the season or jobs in the off season, these guys don't have to do that anymore. I think those days are over. Though. Oh, no, they have I been mean, for a long time. Unless you're, unless you're like a, a, a 54 through 90 guy who's trying out every year. But, and again, I understand the competitiveness. And I understand people that want to, hey, I've got $50 million. I want another $100 million. Fine. But if you sign that big contract, let's take Jimmy Garoppolo as an example. He played in the NFL for three years, whatever it was, four years with the 49ers before that with New England. But he didn't play a ton of reps. He signed that huge contract with the 49ers before last year. Then he got hurt. Why shouldn't Jimmy Garoppolo play two or three, four more years? He'll have enough money for him and his kids and his kids' kids for the rest of his life. And if at that point he is healthy enough that he can walk away and retire, why would he continue playing? A competitiveness thing? Or is there another reason? Well, look at Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's been blessed for the most part with good health. I mean, he did have... uh he did have that season where he got got hurt. What was first or second game, and he was out for the year. Uh, and, and he's maybe a freak of nature. And he does that TB12 stuff. Who knows? I mean, some people think it's hocus pocus. Some people think it's really legitimate, scientific, um, or somewhat scientific. Um, he's kind of a freak of nature. And you know, there is something about the lifestyle. And I don't mean like the partying and all that. I mean, there's something about 
when you talk to former players, that the times that they have by themselves as a team, whether it's you know on the practice field goofing around, or the times in baseball in the in the clubhouse when they're having fun, those those, those camar- that camaraderie and that I you don't get that anywhere else. I think there's value in that. Yeah, but does that supersede the inherent danger? Of playing a sport where, but you're are, talking about twenty and thirty year old people, more so the twenty year olds that still have that early on. They still have that feeling of invincibility, right? And and now as you get older, it wanes, and I mean, you realize like it's Garoppolo, not. It's like fool's a gold. A young guy, right. has suffered a major injury. Yeah, in the same vein that Luck did. But think of it this way too, Dave. There is that competitiveness, but in, in the extreme case. You can mitigate this. Like Cam Newton could walk away, and I think he would probably find a, a way to be successful doing other things because he has other interests. Some guys don't. Sure. You know, and so some people look at it like, where am I? Where else am I going to make two, three, four, ten million dollars a year? Yeah, I'm going to get my body beat the crap out of, but I'll never be able to make this kind of money doing something else again. And speaking of making money and playing hurt. Did you see any of, or maybe more accurately, see any clips of the Syracuse Liberty football oh game from goodness. Saturday in Eight Lynchburg, sacks Virginia? In that game? Yeah, that wasn't the headline. Oh, the, the hospital, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the hospital. Hugh Freeze yeah. was embarrassed yeah. in the SEC. And I don't mean with X's and O's. No, no. He yeah. ran an incredibly dirty program, and then he tried to throw Houston Nut under the... Um, he, he blamed all of the, the school's the problems the yeah. on Houston Nutt. Tried to throw Houston Nutt under the bus. And then it was found that he was using his university-issued cell phone yeah. to call escorts. So he got fired. Yeah. Somehow, he gets hired. How does that guy get another chance? I'll tell you how that guy gets another chance, sports fans. He gets another chance because... Liberty had the gall to hire Ian McCaw, who was mixed up in all of the problems at Baylor as their athletic director. So one bad dude or one person who was in charge during very, very questionable times hires another guy who did extraordinarily questionable things. And now Hugh Freeze appears to have a legitimate medical problem. Yeah. If you have a legitimate medical problem and you cannot stand and you cannot sit in a chair, maybe instead of coaching a football game from a hospital bed, lying down in the press box in a hospital bed, you go to the actual hospital and address your medical problems. Look, Dave, it's it's a weird, bizarre world that we live in. I mean, look at some of these football coaches. You know, they don't go home during the season. You know, they have cots or, you know, like uh, Dom Capers when he was the head coach here at the Panthers. They had a, like, a, he literally had a cot in his office. And, like, he wouldn't go home for, for days. For the games, was he able to stand or sit? No, but wouldn't that be great to see, like, like the next – coaching vacancy in the nfl and they if they, if they have if they i don't think they do this but if they were to put out like a a, a you know the the job listing 
is it must be able to stand during games. How many job listings have you seen that say must be able to lift 10 pounds? Yeah, right, pounds? right, 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 right. Hugh Freeze can't lift 10 pounds. No. He can't support his own yeah. weight. He coached a college football game right. lying in a hospital bed. Yeah. And by the way, they scored as many points as Winthrop did on yes, Saturday. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. What a crazy game that was. I mean, just bizarre. Bizarre. Just Absolutely bizarre. They're going to struggle too. I mean, that's. I, mean, I know they're playing in that independent. Oh, here's the other thing about that game. I forgot about. I forgot to mention this. They had negative four yards rushing. Liberty. Is that good? No, that's not good. Is that what happens when your coach is unable to stand? Now, I think. Uh, I think what they had. They had something like sixty yards or sixty-eight yards rushing, and I think they had like sixty-four <laughs> yards in in sacks. And the funny thing is. I don't think that was the most embarrassing thing that happened in college football Saturday. The University of Tennessee, oh my a goodness. program yes. that used to win a national championship, didn't do it with Peyton Manning, did it with T. Martin. They managed to pay a team that went 2-10 and ten like last year in maybe the worst conference in the country, just under a million dollars, and they scored late to make it look closer yes. than it actually was. Like, Tennessee scored a garbage-time touchdown to make it a one-score game. This is what happens when the inmates are allowed to run the asylum. They were going to hire a capable athletic director. They did that. He's now at Wake Forest. Yep. They were going to hire a capable coach who had NFL experience and turned around Rutgers program. And even when that got thrown back in their face, they might have hired Mike Leach, who's right. very, very good at coaching football. Instead, they ran the athletic director out of town. They ran all of his candidates out of town. They brought in Phil Fulmer, yeah. who may have an ego. <laughs> it is possible. It is. Yes. It maybe well, who had no administrative no. experience before. He hired a coach that no one else appeared to be lining up for. They were bad last year, and this year they paid just under a million dollars yeah. to lose to a team that went two and ten last year. Well, and to just to put some in perspective, right? So Johnny Majors and Philip Fulmer went to sixteen straight bowl games from nineteen eighty nine to I think two thousand four. Okay, so and that was including that nineteen ninety eight team that went thirteen and zero. Right. So since 2009 on, and that's the embarkation of Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, and Butch Jones, and now this, and now the last two years. Since then, and that's the same time frame. Their of, coach is Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt, right? Yeah, 62 and 64. Is that good? The last 10 years of Philip Fulmer, they were 85 and 41. Right, they shouldn't have they fired have no, Phil get, Fulmer. No, so Philip Fulmer, he went 151 and 52. He had less losses in 17 seasons <laughs> than they've had in the last 10. It's, it's the expectation level of the fan base. They were going something like nine and three, yeah. 10 and two, every year. eight and four yeah. every year. Yeah. And the guy won them a national championship. They were relevant. And, you know, they, they were then seven and five, eight and four, just wasn't good enough. They weren't competing yep. for national championships. And the bottom fell out. Like, you have to know who you are. That's a program that doesn't know who they are. Well, and you have to know. Uh, we talk about this all the time when uh, a coach that's pretty good gets blown out in basketball, college basketball. Because you say we say, we talk about this all the time. You say, hey, that's fine, but you better hope that who you're bringing in is going to be better than the guy you just let go. You better virtually know. Yeah. Like if you're going to fire a coach, you better have the next yeah. guy. You hired. can't hope. You got to know. I mean, they needed to hire David Cutcliffe. 
Yeah. He had been there. Oh, yeah. He had done a good job. Everybody likes him, and he's done a good job at Duke. Yep. yep. But they didn't do that. No. And the the crew that you just mentioned is not going to win any major awards anytime soon. They're not going in the right direction, that's for sure. Not going in the right direction. Shall we make a prediction or two? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, uh, one. Yeah, we got to we got to put a wrap on this thing. Got to put a wrap on it. The uh, last year, I made uh, a few, three, four yeah. predictions against the spread. This year, we're just gonna we're gonna modify it. Each of us is gonna do one game against the spread every week. Easy to tabulate. Easy to count. You are going to pick the Patriots game every week, since I don't <laughs> think it's fair to have you pick a team that you're not paying you know really really yeah. close attention right. to i mean between the panthers and the patriots those are the teams you watch a lot of and quite frankly i don't think it's fair to have you pick the panthers no because ethical that, issues yeah, yeah. E- exactly so the patriots open the season on sunday night and they are a six point home favorite over pittsburgh i like the patriots at home minus the six minus the six points yeah i think it's you know I know coming off the heels, obviously, you always worry about that hangover. I don't worry about that with them. I am concerned. I will say this. I am concerned about no Gronk. Uh, he retired in the offseason. And, uh, and and it's kind of not a similar thing, but sort of a similar thing to Andrew Luck. A guy still in his you know very youthful prime, but said he just couldn't take it anymore in his body. Uh, you know, but, you know, I think another year of Sony Michelle, the running game, it's to me, it's like Bill Belichick. I know, I know it sounds like a Patriot fanboy, but, you know, until he, they prove otherwise. Well, it's pretty justified. They got it. Yeah, they got it. Now, let me ask you this. Down. Yeah. The fact that he often uses the first three, four, five games of the year almost like the preseason to figure his team out, to get them better. I mean, what we've typically have seen over the last several years is like the Chiefs get off to a roaring start because Andy Reid is so good at having his team ready for Series 1, Game 1. And Belichick is keeping things up his sleeve, is reorganizing, is right. fashioning his yes. team for yes. November, Correct. December, Absolutely January. Right. Yes. But this is the Steelers. So you think they take it I, a little I more? I think they take it a little more. Okay. Because, I mean, the Steelers, I mean, basically it's been them and the Steelers. And you never know, it could be a game Kansas that City, ends up having a big deal with, with home field advantage down the road. Well, it's home. It's Ben Roethlisberger. It's the Steelers. This game means a lot, and I, I think they put the, the appropriate amount of effort into it. All right, my one game this week is going to be Indianapolis plus seven at the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't like a lot this week, um, but I do like teams that people have forgotten and aren't excited about. Mm -hmm. And with luck retiring, I think everyone thinks Indy's going to stink. I like Frank Reich. The Chargers have no home field advantage at all, and... Getting a touchdown, I think, is good value. This is a Colts team that people thought was going to be the third, fourth best team in the AFC right. before Luck. Of course, Jacoby Brissett is not Andrew Luck. I think they keep it tight. Yeah, I think that's one of those games where they just need him to be more in that game manager mode and just don't make mistakes. And I think they'll be fine. Well, that was fun. That was fun. You should send us an email. It is Dave, right? Right. Bearded Carcast. At Outlook.com. You and can, don't be offended. We haven't checked it all summer. So you can <laughs> follow us on social media. And uh, thanks for listening to episode one.